Hey LA, Lance Bass here with the latest in the City of Angels. Immerse yourself in our vibrant fashion scene where exclusive streetwear meets high-end boutiques. Stroll through styles defining our bold, wildly creative city, like the unique finds at Melrose Trading Post, a real LA gem. Explore star-studded experiences on Hollywood Boulevard, behind-the-scenes studio tours, and moments of awe under our legendary blue sky. Picture this. The iconic Griffith Observatory, inspiring directors worldwide. Plan your weekend at discoverla.com. It's the time to leave your mark in the city of angels. Lance Bass is adding off. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. This is Frosted Tips with Lance Bass, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hello, my little peanuts. It's me, your host, Lance Bass. This is my baby in the background screaming. <laughs> this is Frosted Tips with me, Lance, and my co-host, Turkey Turkey. Hello there. I'm excited about this guest. I, I know, know right off the bat this is going to be a twofer because I know this man can talk and I can talk and uh, I just love him. So let's get right to it because we have the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Donnie freaking Wahlberg. All right. Donald Edmund Wahlberg Jr. is an American singer, songwriter, actor, record producer, film producer. He is the founding member of the boy band New Kids on the Block. Outside music, he has had roles in the Saw film, Zookeeper, Dreamcatcher, The Sixth Sense, Righteous Kill, Ransom, and many more. He has starred in the drama series Blue Bloods as Danny Reagan since 2010 and since 2014, an executive producer of the TNT reality TV show Boston's Finest. He also has produced and starred in Rock the Boat, Donnie Loves Jenny, Return of the Mac on Pop TV, and he's part and owner of the restaurant Wahlburgers, which we all love, and also produced and starred in the Wahlburgers, a show on A&E television. Donnie Wahlberg, Donnie freaking Wahlberg, yeah. welcome to Frosted That's right. Tips. That's right, you got the middle name right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, now, I'm, I'm going to say all of that was true for once. I think that was the first intro that I hit it 100%. Anything wrong so. with that one? I didn't catch any anything wrong. Okay. It sounded pretty good. I was... You know, I was a little surprised. It was kind of long. I was yeah. like, oh, <laughs> well, I'm a compliment. You've done a okay. lot. You have done a lot, my friend. Okay, before we start this, though, uh, you have a group text with the new kids 
I'm pretty sure, right? All you guys on one group text. Text them yes. right now. I want to see the first person that's going to respond. Was I the first one that responded to Jordan, I by the way? I think you were. I actually. think you were. You were. Yeah. No? Oh, no. Oh, oh it was Joey. Well, you asked oh, him. Oh, it was Joey. So yeah. yeah. You asked him who would be first, and he said me. Uh, well, let's and, see. And then it was a teaser. I, I saw it on Instagram, but I didn't see who actually it was. I don't think it was me that day. I don't no. think it was me. No. Well, it texts him something very obscure. Like, okay, it sounds like you're in jail or something. Before I send this. Mm-hmm. I want to, I want to clarify. Okay. I think I did respond first when Jordan text yeah. during the podcast, huh. but I wrote a long response because uh, I wanted to say something in response to what he said. So I took longer. So uh, technically, okay. Okay. So you started, you started text, it first. Okay. Yeah, I do. I that think works. I was first. I'll okay. give you credit for that. Yeah, that counts. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to write something. <laughs> I don't even know what I would write to the guys. Yeah, like, what would like you? The, I don't know. Something that sounds like I wrote, I'm going to jail. It sounds weird. I wrote, you guys have a second to talk this weekend. They may smell a rat. With that I, uh, okay. <laughs> I That's not it. typically what I would write, but we'll see who responds first. All right. Well, Donnie, you are the founding member of New Kids. Um, how did you know that you were musically talented at such a young age? I, I don't know yeah. that I knew it. Um I knew that I loved music at a young age. Yeah. I knew that I liked to play the drums at a young age, which has no really bearing on anything that happens with the new kids. Um, but um, I loved music. I, oh, oh yes, who is it? it? First. Oh, who I'm going to ask it? Jordan. You got it right. Yeah. <laughs> He sent a little thumbs up. Ah, oh, nice. Jordan. Oh, it's like Jordan. you win. You win absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah. The you tone of that text may scare them, though. Yeah, like, I know. They're, I like, they're like, oh, shit. shit. What's up? Oh, my God. Yeah, that was unusual. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Just let them keep it, ruminating on I it. I love it. Yeah. In terms of music, um, you know, I love music from early on. Um, from, you know, from the crib, I love music. And I loved rock and roll. I grew up with my old, my older brothers listen to rock and roll. Mm. My mom and my older sister listened to R&B, disco. And really my older sister, Tracy, um, introduced me to rap and hip hop. Like yeah. she was up on everything. Yeah. She was like, you got to hear this new song. I was like, who is it? She was like, it's Stacey Lattisong. This is R&B singer, Stacey mm-hmm. Lattisong. And she got this song with Johnny Gill, who turned out to be Johnny Gill in New Edition and Johnny Gill, Johnny Gill. But like she just knew every song and she brought music home and like would sit me down and listen. And I was like, if her and my mom were playing music, I would sit with them and listen. Mm. If my brothers were playing music, I was like, I'd have to tag along and ask questions. But with my mom and my sister, they would they would invite me to yeah. like, like, let's sit down and or let's dance around the kitchen to this disco record. And it was like it was. So I had these influences in my life. And when I started listening to rap records, I like I just was instantly writing my own raps Mm -hmm. and in love with like hip hop from early on. And I don't know that I ever thought about being in a band like New Kids, like a boy band or anything. But I will say New Edition in the early 80s were literally they grew up probably I don't know, 400 yards from my junior high school. Really? Oh, wow. Wow. So I would be in school and 
half of my classmates knew them personally. Mm-hmm. My first love dated Bobby Brown before me. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah, in high school. <laughs> I was in high school. Like, yeah, she was like, yeah, I used to go out with Bobby. I was like, oh, okay. And then we did a show when Bobby left New Edition. We actually did a show. It was New Kids and Bobby Brown together. And she was with me. It was like this weird energy wow, going on funny. with Bobby. But Bobby's amazing. We, we got along great and yeah. it was all, but it was definitely like weird, you know, because it was mm-hmm. like, I think we were going on, I think at that show, we were supposed to go on after Bobby. And Bobby Brown's Bobby Brown. He only had like one hit record at the time, and it was from his first album. So mm. the song was called Girlfriend. Yeah. But uh, I was literally with my high school sweetheart who used to date him. And now he's like, his manager's like arguing with the radio station and and our manager, Maury Starr. And, you know, mm. they're all arguing about who's going to go on first. And I was like, please, can we go on before Bobby Brown? Because <laughs> yeah. you don't want to deal with that. Leave my yeah. girlfriend out of this. this he's irrelevant. <laughs> Bobby Brown we're talking about. Well, it so. kind of sounds like the whole Tiffany New Kids experience during the mall tour, because wasn't it her tour at first, but then y'all got so big that y'all started kind of switching up throughout that? Yeah, that was um, that was like, j- just to go back one thing before mm-hmm. I go yeah. on to, like, the my love of drumming and hip-hop is really probably the reason that New Kids ever happened. Yeah. And what I mean is, I met Maurice Starr, and my brother Mark came along and I dragged a few of my other friends along who weren't very musically inclined or talented. And um, we we did this audition and Mark and I were chosen as the first two members of this soon to be boy band. Mm-hmm. Maurice had had a falling out with New Edition, so he was like looking to do the next big thing. Right. And we would go to his house every Saturday and Sunday, which was also a couple hundred yards from my junior high school. So new edition were here. Maurice's house was here. My school was right in the middle. So I knew the area really well. I was like, felt totally at home. It was all good. But I would go to Maurice's every Saturday and Sunday and with Mark and Maurice would never show up. Like he would just never show up. And I'd be like, I'm in this guy's house. Like I auditioned for him. And strange. It was really weird, and he wouldn't be there. And um, but there was an 808 drum machine sitting on the counter in this living room, and I found a Fender amp like in a closet. I took it out. I found a cable. I plugged it in, and I would sit there all day, every Saturday and Sunday, making beats, like reprogramming all my favorite songs, like Planet Rock, mm-hmm. by Soul Sonic Force. I would reprogram the beat exactly. And, and how old were you at this point? You must. Oh, I was uh, 14. How did you know how to do that at 14? I don't even know how to do that I learned. I taught myself. I taught myself. Yeah, I just sat there and taught myself. And I was having so much fun. And at that time in my life, Mark and I, my parents divorced. And Mark and I moved with my mom to this new neighborhood. And I hated it. I did not like it. I didn't want to live there. I was miserable. What what did you not like about the neighborhood? It just wasn't my cup of tea. It was like this different part of Dorchester where we grew up. I didn't fit in. You know, I had like Michael Jackson t-shirt on and people would like throw rocks at me and like they hated me. Like, yeah, I just, (laughs) I didn't fit in. Like I just fit in. I was like, I like the only people that were really nice to me was the girls who worked at the convenience store. They would sell Michael Jackson buttons and apparently they thought I was cute. So they would, I would go in and they would hand me Michael Jackson pins. And so I had a like hundred Michael Jackson pins all over my jacket and 
I listened to Run DMC and I would walk to school. My boombox with Michael Jackson jacket on, <laughs> Michael Jackson t-shirt, blaring Run DMC out of my boombox. Like, oh my god. Anyway, um, cut <laughs> to opening for Tiffany. Um, that was just one of those moments, Lance, that I'm sure you experienced in your own way with your group, which was we had been performing wherever, like um, high schools um nightclubs under like clubs we weren't even old enough to be yeah. in the club joey was like 13 like yeah. in a i remember those days oh yeah club. everyone's <laughs> drinking and joey's sitting there like you know his mom must have been like losing her shit that we were doing <laughs> shows, like at one in the morning going on stage mm -hmm. on a school night mm -hmm. um and uh we got this opportunity to go down and audition for tiffany um in Long Island at the Westbury Music Fair. So we went down and um, uh, we auditioned for her and her girlfriend in in, in uh, her dressing room. And they let us open that night. So we were totally unknown. Yeah. Nobody knew us, nobody cared about us. We went on stage and we we did good. You know, it's mm -hmm. one of those like yeah. times we we rocked it. We were like, yeah, we stole the show. It was great. <laughs> uh, cut to, we got offered to be her opening act that summer on her tour. And it was like sheds, like amphitheaters and stuff like that. And by the end of the tour, like we had a few nights where people knew us and our record was getting played in that area. And then a few nights where people were like, what, who are these guys? What are we watching? This is kooky. Um, but by the end of the tour, we started to really break and catch fire. And so when it was time for us to go back on tour again, um, our promoters were like, hey, you're going to go back out with Tiffany and you know, the thought was you'll open for her again, but now you guys are hot. And the fans just got so crazed and emotional. Mm -hmm. It was like everyone kind of knew it was an impossibility that yeah. we could go on first because all these fans mm -hmm. became our fans and so many more fans came and it just it would have been tough, yeah. you know, for her to follow up. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, because all the fans would like leave trying to find you guys after you open up. Yeah. yeah. And so so it switched. So we, before that tour started, everyone, the managers all got together and had a yeah. meeting and I would it. Hey LA, Lance Bass here with the latest in the City of Angels. From epic shopping to nonstop pride events, discoverla.com is your gateway to everything LA. From walk-up windows and rooftop bars to year-round alfresco dining, Los Angeles is a culinary thrill ride sure to leave visitors hungry for more. From tacos to sushi, we truly have some of the best restaurants. After you get a bite to eat, get a taste for fame firsthand by attending a star ceremony on Hollywood Boulevard or glyphs behind the scenes at world-famous studio tour. Stop and see a movie at the iconic El Capitan Theater and check out the stairs outside the Dolby Theater where all the stars walk before the Oscars. Take a hike at Glamorous Griffith or stop for a boba or a draft cold brew at an outdoor cafe perfect for people watching. There are endless amounts of outdoor activities in L.A. with our beautiful weather. And, of course, Pride is celebrated every day in Los Angeles. Everyone is welcome to experience our sparkling nightlife, indulgent spas, and sensational shopping. Plan your weekend at discoverla.com. It's time to leave your mark in the City of Angels. Lance Bass, signing off. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. 
This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. We just had Tiffany on recently yeah. and she was saying that night that, you know, she met you guys and y'all kind of auditioned for her in the dressing room. She was so impressed that y'all were ready to go that night. She was like any group that could just be like, no, we're, we're ready right now. She's like, yeah. that was, I had so much respect for those guys because they were prepared. They were ready to go. I don't even know if we were prepared. We just, yeah. <laughs> but you faked it really well. well. Yeah, we faked it. But Maurice Starr really prepared us in that way. Not in terms of like, being ready in the moment to perform, but being ready to just go for it at any moment. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like we would just like, all right, be ready. You're going to practice, you know, your dance routine for 900 hours. It was like, no, I'm going to walk you into a room. And sometimes we would just think we were having a meeting with somebody. I remember we went down to New York and he said, we're going to New York and we're going to meet people. We didn't even know who we were meeting. He didn't know who he was meeting. We stood in front of a building and an executive from, I think it was a, a man named Hal Jackson was walking in the building and he said, Hal, Hal, let my guys perform for you. And he was like, okay. And so we walked upstairs and performed in his office and somebody who ran Amateur Night at the Apollo Theater happened to be there and said, hey, let me call Ralph Cooper Sr. and see if you guys could come and play at the Apollo yeah. tomorrow night. It was like things like that would happen. Yeah. Like there, it was a different time in the music business. There was no internet. There was, yeah. you know, there was really nothing. I mean, it was just, you know, you just word of mouth, really. Um, 
and and having the willingness to put yourself out there in those type of ways, like literally dancing on a carpet in mm -hmm. Tiffany's dressing room, yeah. dancing behind a desk in Hal Jackson's office, you know, and like try not to bump into the sofa. Right. And, you know, well, and there was there was also people like no one could really compare you guys to anything at that point. Like when we came out, and we were trying to get a record deal. They're like, oh, like the Backstreet Boys. Oh, like you new kids on the block. And, you know, they, there was comparisons there. What did you get compared to trying to get a record deal? Were there a yeah. lot of, you know, people saying, nope, this won't work because of this? I think I'm not sure what we were just sort of compared to is like, you know, this is the guy who founded new edition and this is what he's going to work on next. Right. It was sort of, that was like the presentation. Yeah. Um, there wasn't, there was really not much to compare it to. I guess you could say new kids were to the Osmonds as new edition was to the Jacksons, like, you right. know, 15, Years after yeah. the Jackson yeah. Osmond came, we might be the new Osmonds, yeah. you know, something like that. There was really no, no, really nothing to compare it to. Right? Yeah, there really wasn't. Yeah. So that was bad and good. You know, that was bad and good because there was no example really of what the potential was for the band. So that's bad. But at the same time, it was like, all right, this is a clean slate yeah. where I'm going to say this on your behalf lance you know you guys in backstreet to your credit you know and again it's all how we look at things in life right um you guys i'm sure there was the blueprint of new kids right to say yeah we're like new kids mm -hmm. 10 years old. yeah that's how lou perlman that's presented good and for bad, sure. yeah. but that was good and bad that was yeah. good and bad you know mm -hmm. if you did it four years earlier it would have been too soon right. and yeah sure there were a lot of people who were like no new kids came and went we don't want that we don't want another new kids and you had to overcome that right there's always uh, a good and a bad that comes with that stuff but i always was when people would say like what do you think about them bands and new kids i mean in singing backstreet i'd be like i give them credit because i'm sure it wasn't easy because radio and so many people in the industry like just turned against us like yeah. we just got so famous that it became bad yeah right yeah. Mm -hmm. it became problem for everyone it, which is weird because everybody was sure happy to make so much money off of us exactly um, yeah as you know um, <laughs> oh, yeah. but it's like but i always gave you guys credit because i thought it was pretty awesome that you know i know it wasn't easy and it would be easy for us to be cynical and say wow mtv when we were on the total request show on mtv they would retire us like mm -hmm. they they would be mad the host i think jordan and you might have talked about this yeah the host would be like Oh God, new kids win again. <laughs> yeah. No problem. Where, you uh, know, a couple of years later, the energy changed mm -hmm. and MTV was suddenly like, oh, this is a good thing to have all these screaming teenagers outside yeah, of yeah, our yeah. place. Nah. You know, it's like they woke up to mm -hmm. the power of all of these young fans. Yeah, because there was this window, you know, because y'all brought pop back hugely in the early 90s then it went really i mean the 90s was weird we had you know seattle grunge we had the explosion of hip hop hip hop in the 90s all these different genres even you know latin music uh and then pop just kind of disappeared for a few years like right at the end when y'all took a break yeah. that's when pop, i feel like y'all since y'all took a break i think pop died so congratulations you killed pop in the 90s and then <laughs> all of a sudden at the end of the 90s when hansen and spice girls and all that it just exploded again. And I don't think MTV was ready for that because during that era, especially mid nineties, MTV was like, Ooh, pop, Ooh, you know, stay away, pop. Everyone made yeah. fun of it. It wasn't respected at all. Although 
it always reigns supreme, really. I mean, that's what the fans want. But I guess the more popular you yeah. get, the more people kind of start to hate it too. So, eh, yeah, I it's the thing it. too where where the there is a level like I don't, I don't. Sorry, no more new kids texting. Uh oh, Danny. Yeah, make sure they know you're okay. <laughs> Danny's usually first, but mm. Danny or Jordan, but Danny was there. <laughs> Jordan either responds right away or doesn't respond for like a week. Yeah, and then, and then I send out the all points bulletin for Jordan. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's our JC of the band for sure. That's that's yeah. JC's. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, but for for you know, it's interesting because. It, it is telling how the the gatekeepers, the powers that be, the, the experts in these industries so miscalculate, you know, and so mm -hmm. underestimate e even the, the, the critical people. It's like they just underestimate the fans. It's, it's like true. if you have screaming teenage fans, well, they don't know what's good. Mm -hmm. So you don't really, you're, whatever you bring to the table is yeah. a, a I know stay. all these barriers. It's it's so ridiculous. I remember because uh, I I managed Ryan Tedder uh, for a few years and try get him a record deal oh, with every single label out there, and everyone kept saying, "Lance, no solo white guy will ever work in this country." I'm like, okay. And then you know, about two years later, Justin Bieber, Justin Timberlake does this thing. Like everyone's coming out, and then Ryan <laughs> Tedder becomes one of the biggest things ever. They don't know what they're talking about. The fans do, and we see that through TikTok. TikTok has no politics, right? It's like the songs come up there, the fans want it, it blows up. And that's where we're seeing a lot of these new musicians coming, like that musician Jake. I don't know if you know Jake. He sings that song Golden Hour or yeah, Golden, yeah, Golden Hour. Hour. So good. Just released 6 months ago. TikTok blew up. He re he it's refuses. Oh my gosh. I've probably heard it a million times. Oh, you would know it. You would definitely called. know it. It's yeah. so good. It's the Jake and the the A is up sound. So it's a it's a V. It's a V. Yeah. yeah. Uh okay. but anyway, Every label, of course, is knocking on his door right now, offering the world he will not sign a deal with a label. He's like, nope, I'm going to be independent, which I think this day and age, if you, you can, can do that, yeah. right? I mean, if you know how to work it, and I think, you know, he's got the backing of TikTok, so it well, might work Credit to the fans then and credit credit to the fans now and credit to the fans then. I yeah. think, you know, it's it's uh, it's something that uh, that the fans of our band of your band you know of, of all those times you know they're still with they're still with us mm -hmm. well you know, especially like, look i think blockheads are the best fandom out there i do because i mean i've i've watched I it yeah i, I mean I've, <laughs> I've watched it my whole life i was a blockhead you know uh and yeah, yeah, your your fans have really stuck together through all the ups and downs and even you know to this day i mean you're doing crazy sold out tours. And when you go on that cruise, which I mean, all the fans go nuts once a year. Um, it's so fun. And I love how much you love the fans. Y'all really, the, yeah. really the reason how, how we treat our fans is because of what we saw you guys doing with your fans. Um, I just, I love how interactive you guys are and how much you love them. It really, it really shows. So I know they love well, you. Right there. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. And, and they get all the credit. I mean, they're, they are, to me, the best fans out there mm -hmm. are the best fandom. And, you know, that thank goodness for social media in that way, because when we came back about a year into our reunion, Twitter started mm -hmm. and it literally changed the game. It, it yeah. created this ability for us to stay connected in ways that we never would have before. And it also allowed the fans to connect in ways that they wouldn't before. So mm -hmm. suddenly I might do a post on Twitter one fan may respond and then another fan 
reacts to that response and says, oh, that's kind of like how I think, you know, that's what yeah. I would. Re and then they write great comment. And now yeah. they're talking and then their circles of friends get together. And now, like we announce a show in, you know, in the middle of the desert somewhere on a Tuesday afternoon. And the fans are all like, you going? Yeah, you go. Mm -hmm. All right, great. I'll a babysitter. And like, it's like this network of, of fans has yeah. sort of built and bonded and and we've bonded with them it's this is really cool it's just it's it's thank goodness because it it keeps it all alive every moment of the day mm -hmm. it's like i don't get up and it, there's no day that i wake up that i don't look at my phone and check in on twitter or instagram and just see how everyone's doing yeah. at least even if i don't say anything yeah i'm gonna go through their thing and i might you know go through 50 tweets and notice somebody says Oh my God, I'm having a bad day. My mom's really sick or whatever. And if I catch that, it's like, I can acknowledge them and, mm -hmm. and tell them I'm thinking of them and stuff. It's like, it's created this amazing yeah. opportunity. It's a, it's a family. It's an extended family. family. It really is. Yeah. Really. I mean, when you were a teenager and going through this craziness, um, there was no social media. Yeah. So tell us some good fan stories from back in the day that because I'm, I'm sure the fans were a little crazier back then because they knew they couldn't get caught there's no camera phones True, no one yeah. can like yo tweet about what this person just did so i think they were probably a little more i don't know outgoing back then so i'm sure you have some really great scary stories from the fans <laughs> um i mean not, not scary you know it just it just depends you know like uh you know there was there were crazy things that happened all the time. You know, I remember we were doing a show at magic mountain out in California and there was literally like a section for wheelchairs right in front of the stage mm -hmm. and we're performing and a young lady jumped out of her wheelchair and ran on stage oh, no. and tackled one of us. And it was like, we didn't know if we suddenly healed oh, you something healed. Right? Oh. or if we got scammed, like they snuck in. Apparently they snuck yeah. in or they pretended to, you to healed need them with your music. Uh -huh. Yeah. So it was like things like that happened all the time oh, it, 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 in the old days, in the, in the late eighties, it looks like the way, like the Beatles footage would look like mm -hmm. we'd be performing and like people would literally be getting pulled out from yeah. the band and like fainting Passed upside out. down. Mm -hmm. Somebody would always wake up and grab one of us. You know, they, they were fainted until they were within two feet and then they were recuperated. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Did you ever feel scared being in a group like that? Because I know there was a few times, you know, within sync that you would get a bomb threat, like at an arena or something like, you know, and it's just, people just took things a little too far sometimes. And a lot of it was hidden from us, but there's some things that we were privy to, um, which, you know, made me start looking out a little more, but were you ever scared? Yeah. I mean, I tried to have fun as much as I could and I tried to enjoy the fans and, and, you know, it, I, I always tried to encourage the fans to, to be who they wanted to be. Right. So if like, if you're going crazy and you're excited and you're screaming, yelling, go for it, you mm -hmm. know, like, um, I never, was shy about encouraging the fans to to get crazier and get louder and and, mm -hmm. and have more fun um but i remember we were announcing our dolls the new kids dolls oh, uh, yeah. at the hard rock cafe it was at the hard rock cafe in manhattan and we pull up and there's tons of fans outside and they're screaming and going crazy and there were barricades on each side of the door so we're getting out of the van and going to go through the barricades to go in the hard rock cafe and do this press conference and talk about the dolls and the barricades collapsed 
and there were people that fell under the barricades mm -hmm. like, and and the fans piled over and Oof. i remember like i was walking on top of a new york city police officer like another one was pushing me from behind and i'm like the ground didn't feel stable below me and i'm looking and there's a cop laying on the ground wow. you know telling me to go like i'm like standing on his chest like of people like those times were really frightening you yeah. know they were um, there were times when the crowds would get so big and so crazy that um it, it was scary not for me yeah for them for that. yeah yeah i was scared for them and mm -hmm. i remember being in that press conference with the dolls i mean it took me a while to snap out of it like mm -hmm. we went to this little green room or whatever and hung out and i was literally just like just staring into nowhere. I remember the feeling of just being like, this is, this is really crazy. Like, um, yeah. you know, it's scary to think that someone could get hurt, yeah. you know, and it happened. People did get hurt at mm -hmm. different times. And there were times where it was really, really dangerous and, and really frightening. And, uh, you know, it's fun um, until those moments yeah. and you realize, okay, this could really be problematic. Um, yeah. So, it's a delicate uh, dance, but, you know, looking back, I wouldn't change any of it. It was all, you know, fun. And, and uh, I don't want to ever say it was difficult. Uh, dance, you know what I mean? Because every country to me have different types of fans. Yeah. Uh, besides America, which are huge in, what countries did you go to that you're like, holy crap? Like, because I know you go to let's say Japan and they're just organized, right? They go crazy at the concert, but at the end they single file line <laughs> out the door. They're just nice. They pick up all their trash. Yeah. Spain, they just want to rip you apart. If you're wearing earrings, you will not have those earrings anymore. You will come out bloody. Um, Germany, they're the ones that always camped out of the hotels. Like you were, you're going to go to the lobby of just hundreds of girls at all times. So every country had their own type of fans. Did you notice that uh, also traveling the world? Yes, I think, um, Brazil, yeah, amazing. Um, England, I mean, London. We had fans. We we remember we used to see videos of Michael Jackson staying. I think it was the Canterbury Hotel. Uh -huh. So this street, it was like a, it was like a U, mm -hmm. right? So the whole, but the hotel was here, but in front of it there was one way in, right, and one way out, mm -hmm. and then another building across the street, and we. We used to see videos like Michael Jackson getting into his limo and like the fans going crazy and he couldn't get in and out of the car. And when we stayed in London, we stayed at the same hotel on the same street. And it was like that. Mm -hmm. It was crazy. And we had to sneak out at night out the back door of the hotel to go eat dinner at the restaurant across the street. And um, so England was crazy. Um, Japan, Korea, Germany. I mean, the U.S. was mm, yeah. Oh, yeah out of control. It was, beast, yeah. it was, yeah. I I think for us, you know, there there was an element. I don't know if you experienced this, but for us, there was an element of still, though, always sort of being surprised by it all. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know where that comes from, but I I kind of never stopped being surprised. Yeah, that well, showed let's, up like let's talk about that because I do feel the same way. I think. When you're in a group, because I mean, you're, you're a kid doing this and I was going to ask you, how did you, how did you say, stay so grounded when, when a kid is experiencing this so much love, right? And basically you can do anything you want and everyone's kind of telling you, yes, 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 yes. How did you and your group stay so grounded and did y'all stay 
grounded during this time? Because you, I mean, you're obviously a very down earth guy today, but were you a different person when all this was kind of thrown at you in your face? I think we all, so I, yeah. So the way I would explain this whole process is it's like, you know, I try to explain to people, they're like, what was it like? I was like, I guess it's like being like the quarterback on the best college football team mm -hmm. in the country and playing in front of a hundred thousand people yeah. every, every game. Right. Uh -huh. And you're between the ages of 18 and 22. Right. And so like, Whatever that must feel like for them going to class every day, that's what it feels like for us walking down the street. Yeah. Times a thousand. Yeah. 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 Maybe times a thousand. Uh -huh. um, but I think in terms of staying grounded, we all had moments, right? Because you're we're at that age becoming successful, like 18, 19, 20, 21. That's when we're finding our autonomy, right? That's when we're trying to decide who we are. And typically in life, you go off to college, you become independent, you push back on your parents and, and mm -hmm. that you start to find your own thoughts, your own way of looking at the world, right? And you, you pick up different things in school, you know, and you, you get into these different cliques and you, you learn about different things and you, you start to realize, ah, I'm not like my parents and everyone back mm -hmm. home. I'm my person, right? Yep. So we all had to do that in, in, the public eye. And I'm sure we all had moments of getting a little crazy and, and, and stepping out in a way that was like, you know, uh, could seem like we were like losing control, like egoically or whatever. But I think the truth was no one ever went really crazy. I think we all kept each other down to earth is yeah. really what it was. Right. So it was like, if, if any one of us ever, pulled up to rehearsal in a Ferrari. Yeah. You know, now, is that the worst thing in the world? No, no but, yeah. but the other guys would have been like, like really? What like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> really do? Ferrari? Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, and sure. that's, we all come from big families and they would have been the same way. Yeah. yeah. So I remember my brother Bob said to me, I, I, we were talking one time, I was like, does it get tough for you? And he was like, he says a lot of times people say things like, how come your brother doesn't buy you a Porsche? <laughs> and I said, I said, does it bother you? He said, not really. And I said, good. And he said, because the people that say that would be the same ones. If you did buy me a Porsche, they'd yeah. say, you're living off your brother. Exactly. Buying exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. so, you know, we grew up in a tough town. We grew up with big families, hardworking families. I think we were, uh, we all took care of our families a lot. I think that's where you saw everyone in the band like really like spending their money or or you know nobody was like I'm gonna you know have everything in the world mm -hmm. I always wanted I'm gonna buy an island it was like I'm gonna get my mother a house yeah. she's not gonna have to work nights anymore mm -hmm. and my dad needs assisted living now and thank goodness I can afford to help him do that mm -hmm. right so everybody really. Mm -hmm splurged and spoiled their families but nobody and, went crazy and i don't think the group would have allowed it no and that's what yeah. it's about i you know one of the first things that i was able to do was to yeah let my mom retire as a teacher mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that was that just meant the world to me to be able to do that
Hey LA, Lance Bass here with the latest in the City of Angels. From epic shopping to nonstop pride events, discoverla.com is your gateway to everything LA. From walk-up windows and rooftop bars to year-round alfresco dining, Los Angeles is a culinary thrill ride sure to leave visitors hungry for more. From tacos to sushi, we truly have some of the best restaurants. After you get a bite to eat, get a taste for fame firsthand by attending a star ceremony on Hollywood Boulevard or glyphs behind the scenes at world-famous studio tour. Stop and see a movie at the iconic El Capitan Theater and check out the stairs outside the Dolby Theater where all the stars walk before the Oscars. Take a hike at Glamorous Griffith or stop for a boba or a draft cold brew at an outdoor cafe perfect for people watching. There are endless amounts of outdoor activities in L.A. with our beautiful weather. And, of course, Pride is celebrated every day in Los Angeles. Everyone is welcome to experience our sparkling nightlife, indulgent spas, and sensational shopping. Plan your weekend at discoverla.com. It's time to leave your mark in the City of Angels. Lance Bass, signing off. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Do you remember uh, what you were able to do with your first paycheck? Were you able to like retire a family member or do something special for them? The first time I remember getting like a 
check check um like we used to get money we were so funny we would like go to japan to do promotion and mm. we had no money like we were we were like starting to become famous and it was like we would just try to save up all our per diem exactly so, yeah. we lived off per diem for years <laughs> we would take yeah we would take all we'd have like you know however many yen we would go mm. transfer it into american dollars and we'd come home with like hey man i got 900 bucks mm -hmm. yeah I'm going to ball. i'm gonna do all the things i couldn't do in high school i could really do it now um but i think the first time that uh we were living in that neighborhood i mentioned earlier that i didn't really fit in that neighborhood and now i was becoming successful and we got a check i don't remember how much it was for but uh, we were, we were able to start looking for a house for the first time. So it was Mark, uh, my brother, Mark, my mom and my mother's husband all lived together. And the assumption was we'd all go and live in a house together. And my mom was pretty much looking for the houses. And I think it was, I think I had like a hundred thousand dollars and, um, we started looking for houses and, um, we found this house that was kind of like. It, it used to be a hundred thousand dollar house, but this guy who owned it fixed it up and put a pool and there was like a little room with a little movie screen come out of the ceiling. And this is like 1989, 89. It was pretty fancy. Um, and I remember um, my mom loved it. Like she walked in and she just, she gasped, um, walked in the front door and it, it wasn't like nothing crazy. It was just nice. It was beyond anything we could ever have dreamed of, of having. Right. Um, in fact, my manager, when he saw it, when I showed it to him the first time, our, our manager, the late great Dick Scott, he said, this is good for a starter house. <laughs> he said about this house. I was like, are you crazy? Like, this I'll is here forever. Yeah. This, is a, this is more fancy than anything I could have dreamed of. But my mom was so blown away by this place. And I remember there was a, a, a primary bedroom. We went up and there was a little balcony on it. And my brother Mark and I went out there. And gosh, Mark must have been 16 or whatever. I don't know where he was. And I said, what do you think? And he was like, this is cool. And I said, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, like with this music thing. Like, it, there's, I could wake up tomorrow and never make another penny. Like, this could be it. Like, you know, we had like one or two hit records, and who knows what was going to happen. And I said, it, 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 the house was like a couple hundred thousand, and we really couldn't afford it at that moment. Yeah. You know, kind of six months later, I could have bought it yeah. two times, right? But mm -hmm. at this moment, it was like a three hundred ninety thousand dollar house, and I had a hundred thousand dollar. Yeah. That's all I had in the world. And I said to my brother, I said, if if all this ends tomorrow, you know, you have to get a job and you have to work your ass off. And I have to get a job and we have to be able to maintain this house for mom because she loves it. I'll do it. I'll take the risk and I'll take the loan and do all that. But we have to fight tooth and nail to keep this place, you know, for her. Yeah. And if you agree to that, then I'll do it. That's some like, good motivation. Let's right do it. Yeah. He said, let's do it. And we got it. And, you know, it was, yeah, it was, it was a really profound moment. And we went back on tour, like, I don't know, a week later after, after like agreeing to buy the house. And my mom moved in while I was away and I came home right before Christmas. I think it was 88 going into 89 or vice versa. I'm not sure. But um, I remember coming home to that place and look on my mom's face was, was everything. And, and by this time we had already you know become so much more successful in the two months that i'd been gone yeah. 
he'd moved in um that it just it really uh yeah it meant a lot it yeah. meant a lot and I'm a little beclemp because oh, it, i know but that's, oh, that's well, a special sweet. part is you get well to the take anniversary of her passing is tomorrow oh, right oh, so like, siblings man. are all texting and stuff and yeah. i hadn't really been even talking about this so it's yeah. just it's just a little um it's good it's yeah. good it's it's a good emotional wave that's rushing over me. I'm very grateful. Well, she raised a great boy. That is for sure. That is for sure. Um, speaking of family, what is it like working with family? I mean, a lot of people say do not go into business with family, but you have in many er yeah, many areas different ways, of your yeah. career. Um, was it easy for you guys or were there some hard moments like, oh, why did I do this? For sure. Um, well, I, I worked with Mark also in music, you know, so I was his producer right. and I is Maury Starr or or Johnny Wright or mm -hmm. say Johnny Wright, not Lou Perlman. Did, yeah, yeah, yeah. did he have a better deal Johnny than our Wright. deal? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I think I, we still have a contract, Mark and I. Yeah. Uh, still, actually, he owes me an album. And uh, until time as that album's done, I could be collecting money on yeah. other aspects of That's his career. Funny. I don't bother with that. Yeah, I don't. Um, yeah, yeah Marky Mark, twenty twenty five coming mm -hmm. soon. I yeah. love it. <laughs> but um, you know, we we did really great with that. Like we had a great time doing that. It was important for me to to prove myself outside of New Kids, right? So I had this. I wanted to make these records. I wanted to do something. I also wanted to help my brother have a life. You know, he was going nowhere fast, and so writing and producing music, and then plugging him into it really was a, a good for me, right? To get that, to have that creative outlet. But so we had already experienced working together with the restaurants. It's, it's been fun, you know, in a lot of ways, um, people wonder like if Mark and I have a relationship, if we get along, you know, there were like rumors, like, cause he didn't come to me and Jenny's wedding. That So he does hate you. Oh man. Breaking news, no. breaking news. I wish, <laughs> I wish, I wish I could service that. Um, <laughs> but in many ways, we we did grow apart, right? And, it, and nothing to do with anything other than, I mean, he, people say like, I'm the busiest guy in the world. And I go, okay, well, I know a few other busy guys who mm -hmm. are more busy than me. And Mark happens to be one of them. Mm -hmm. um, and he has a family of his own, right? He has four kids and, and a wife and he's got, a lot of responsibilities. So yeah. we just naturally grew apart. I lived and worked in New York. He lived in, in Beverly Hills and worked all over the place. And so the restaurant business actually has been good for us, like getting back together and reconnecting. Oh, nice. Awesome. And yeah, and 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 we have to talk a lot and we we, you know, it I don't think there was any strain per se, you know, uh on the relationship, but I think in hindsight if it wasn't for the restaurant and it wasn't for that business that we do together, it, it, it could have been problematic. You know, it could have been, uh, we might've seen each other like two or three times in the last decade since we started the restaurant, just because that's how busy we both are and yeah. how different our lives are. Right. Yeah. And, and we, you know, it's like a lot of families, right? I've been like funeral and, yeah, right, uh, and yeah. funeral. see you at the funeral. Exactly. And then we'll, we'll all see each other. It's Let's a wedding or a funeral. It's one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. And then we all drift apart. Yeah, until exactly. the next yeah. And we're just experiencing that stuff now because and it, 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 the kids, when you start having kids, 
your life completely changes. You don't see so many people, especially that first couple of years. Like there's so many of our friends. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I've not seen you in person in two years. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it just, life takes you by the balls and you know. Yeah, especially when you get your own families and you start just, yeah, you're kind of in your own world. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's normal. Exactly. Yeah. And if you don't, if the friends that you're currently like in a circle with don't have kids, exactly. suddenly kind of can't relate quite as much yeah. anymore. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Can't go on that trip with you to that yacht over at that island. I kind of <laughs> have to take these kids to the zoo today. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh no, we're definitely still going clicking on with that those, yacht. With those <laughs> oh yeah. 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 hundred yeah, yeah. percent. All right, guys, let's pause right here because like I said before, it's going to be a twofer and why not have a twofer with Donnie Wahlberg? I know. Right. So, uh, all right, uh, let's take a little break. Um, and we'll get back to Donnie, uh, with his second half of the interview. Uh, very soon. So thank you so much for listening. Um, anything you want to tell them? Nothing? No, just you're all great and we love you. You're all just wonderful. And just continue listening. Yeah. And in return, we will <laughs> listen to you if you rate, review, and subscribe. There you go. And DM us on TikTok, Instagram. We love talking to you there. We love the community that we're building. Everyone is so sweet and loving each other. And I love bringing people together. All the fandoms together. Wow. It's what it's supposed to be. Oh, you're such a giver, Lance. Uh, you know what? I'm just trying to change the world wow, to a so better place. give this man an award. Yeah. All right, guys. Be good to each other. Don't drink and drive out there. Take care of those animals. And always remember to stay frosted. frosted. Hey, thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram at Frosted Tips with Lance. And Michael Turgenart. And at Lance Bass for all your pop culture needs. And make sure to write us a review and leave us five stars, six if you can. See you next time. Hey, LA, Lance Bass here with the latest in the City of Angels. Immerse yourself in our vibrant fashion scene where exclusive streetwear meets high-end boutiques. Stroll through styles defining our bold, wildly creative city, like the unique finds at Melrose Trading Post, a real LA gem. Explore star-studded experiences on Hollywood Boulevard, behind-the-scenes studio tours, and moments of awe under our legendary blue sky. Picture this. The iconic Griffith Observatory, inspiring directors worldwide. Plan your weekend at discoverla.com. It's the time to leave your mark in the city of angels. Lance Bass is off. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A A podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first listen. Listen. 
This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 